On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Monday, December the 6th, Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith will have Andrew McGinnis with us momentarily as well. Gotta admit, yesterday was a long day for me, but a fun day, a thrilling day, an exciting day for me. A little fatigued, a little tired, a little hangover, a little bit uh, uh, sore throat, raspy throat, a little bit harder to talk. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, and that's hard, and that's saying something hard for me to talk. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, good to be here on a Monday, uh, feeling great. Obviously, just an exciting day yesterday for me, watching my hometown Hamilton Tie Cats pull off a terrific second half comeback uh, against the Toronto Argonauts to win the East final and be a ho- then represent a great cup party the way you should. Because as I said on Twitter, how can you have a party without the host? Uh, and that's exactly what we're going to see on Sunday. Hamilton will host the Grey Cup, and the Ticats will be in the Grey Cup uh, next Sunday uh, against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So, yeah, very exciting, fun day. Uh, I've lost count of how many drinks I had yesterday. Too many, uh, but that's okay. We had drank five bottles of water, uh, a little pill early in the morning, and feeling good as new. And look at the excitement now. Uh, ready to rock for a Monday and another Ice Guys show in a brand new week. Uh, so looking forward to it for sure. And boy, no shortage of NHL news uh, over the weekend. Coaching carousel. Uh, maybe it's Christmas and you know, people are in Scrooge mode. GMs <laughs> certainly are. Uh, owners certainly are uh, regarding the state of their franchises right now. As coaches let go left and right the last 24 hours, we say adios to Travis Green in Vancouver as Francesco Aquilini uh, the owner of the Canucks, basically cleaning house. Not just him, Jim Benning, the GM, gone. He got other management people, coaches on the staff gone as well. Uh, so really a thorough cleansing for the Vancouver Canucks uh, over the last 24 hours. And the Philadelphia Flyers make a move as well. They fire Alain Vigneault and assistant coach Michel Therrien. I guess uh, that soft Philadelphia Flyers team uh, that we've seen lately was uh, not uh, too much to uh, – uh, keep the uh, coaching staff intact for Chuck Fletcher. And look, he's going to be next, to be honest with you, uh, with that Flyers team, with just the dismal run that they're on. You know, we thought we'd see a little response against Tampa Bay last night. That certainly did not happen to the season-defining road trip, according to the GM, and they couldn't have started it worse <laughs> with these games against the Rangers and Lightning. So coaching changes galore. Before we get into Monday's card, Alex, we'll talk about a little bit about this. Vancouver and Philadelphia making big changes in the last 24 hours. Question for you is, will it be good enough to save the season for either of these teams? Probably not for Vancouver, honestly. And, you know, we saw this coming, you know, I mentioned it, you know, before that road trip started about a week ago, I said, you know, I actually thought maybe that he'd be gone by the time they got back home, but they, you know, he, Green had one more game and it was a 4-1 loss and uh, the writing was on the wall, on the wall for him and the GM as well. So, uh, you know, that they, they're probably just going to pack it in, 
see what kind of deals they can make and, and, and try to rebuild and refocus, get a whole new group. Cause obviously you get a new GM, you want your GM, he wants to get his guy in as head coach. So, uh, you know, this, this might be the end of the road for Vancouver as far as this season goes. As for Philadelphia, I mean, you know, we talk about the steep hill that the Islanders have to climb to try to get out of the bottom of that metropolitan division. Philly is pretty much in that same boat. So they might still be a competitive team as far as especially looking at, you know, betting on, uh, especially now with the, you know, this is kind of a real kick in the pants for that team. So maybe you want to bet on them, could possibly look at them tonight or sometime during this week. But uh, I don't think they're going to have a real shot at, you know, just turning things all the way around. It's not going to be a Craig Berube, St. Louis kind of deal where they end up, you know, becoming a, a big playoff contender or a Stanley Cup push. They're going to be out of it at some point. But I think as far as from a day-to-day betting perspective, we'll probably get a bit more value on Philly than we will Vancouver. And, of course, tonight when we'll get to these games. Philadelphia Flyers and the Vancouver Canucks both in action tonight. And we saw it with Chicago with Derek King, the first game with the new coach. And let's put it this way. I'm not on Colorado or L.A. tonight. It would be Philly or Vancouver or pass for me. And we'll get to those games in just a second. Andrew, your thoughts on the uh, coaching changes? Yeah, before we get into the coaching changes, you know, I get to just kind of say, uh, obviously, happy you had a really fun uh, fun day and enjoyed that win. I definitely enjoyed it. I'll tell you, I'm one of those handicappers that uh, sometimes you get there and you get a little nervous, but we've just been doing this for so long that I don't get worried uh, at halftime. I, I messaged you. I didn't expect you to answer, but I knew you might see it. I was like, you know what? Big second half coming. Uh, the fact they were down 12, nothing. And uh, they played pretty horribly in that first half. Uh, that said something, you know, so I felt like it was a good opportunity. But the funny thing is you mentioned being hung over uh, and having to drink all kinds of water and, and pop a, an Advil or something this morning. That was me Friday and Saturday, uh, mainly Friday. So it was pretty much, uh, I was back visiting my friends back home. Uh, definitely got after it. Felt like I was 20 again. So it was funny because I was still recovering probably on Sunday. So I just spent all day Sunday on the couch while you were out partying. I was recovering from being hung over the past two days. So what better day to be hung over though than on a Sunday to watch football. But uh, yep. what a game that was. But uh, yeah, you know, um, I'll say this. I mean, first of all, the how how funny was it the fact that we found out who his Travis Green's replacement was before we even knew that he was fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was friggin' hilarious before before we even knew he was fired. Well, he was like, fired. That's news yeah. to me. All of a sudden, you just hear Elliot Friedman's report that <laughs> right. Boudreaux is going to be the new head coach of Vancouver. What? So Travis yeah. Green's been fired. Clearly, but well, we didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Sheshire cat don't pop advils andrew not cool to do drugs trust me <laughs> trust me i'm not popping them for fun that's public for service sure. announcement from cheshire cat in our <laughs> yeah, cheshire. Right. yeah yeah <laughs> trust me that's not uh it's not something i uh, i'm doing on a, the daily basis uh but look uh ian i'm looking more towards vancouver than i would philadelphia uh yeah. especially because vancouver we kind of knew it was coming and they just need something they need something um and, and it's the thing is though they, they've been struggling for a long time but the fact of the matter is i was saying this earlier when you look at travis green on the coach on, on the bench when you have a coach that after every goal looks demoralized like you know what Did i you mean see like, the thousand like, mile stare at the end of that pittsburgh game saturday <laughs> yeah, night i mean yeah. that's a coach that knows it's over for me that's just a matter of when not if i'm gone that's what it looked like yeah, he looks like he just lost like, you know, a really, you know, close person to him every time they get scored on. And, you know, if, if you look at any type of hockey league, I don't care what it is, 
I'll be honest with you. I find it's actually a talent when coaches cannot show emotion. Even when I used to coach like high school sports, when my team made a really good play or a really bad play, it's hard not to react. Travis Green looked pissed after like every bad thing happened and you just needed to get him out of there. But to be honest with you, I know uh, Terry Edelman in our chat's not going to agree with me on this, but I'm not sure Bruce Boudreaux's the man. This guy gets red in the face after every every penalty. Imagine what's going to happen if you know someone starts turning the this guy's going to blow uh, yep. up. I mean, especially with that be... bad penalty kill that they've got. <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be. I mean, you know, I don't know if I ever told you guys this. I have blood pressure problems. I'm going to have to send him over my blood pressure machine because I might, he's going to need it. You guys have uh, something Yeah, coach in that Vancouver Canucks thing strapped to you and just say, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I actually have one of those, man, unfortunately, but I'm all good. But uh, just keeping an eye on it. But, yeah, you know, I, I think Vancouver would be more of the bet-on team than Philadelphia. I think I think Vancouver is a lot better than they've been playing. Um, I made the mistake today of saying they were on a big losing streak, but I guess they're on a losing streak against teams that are good um, and not, you know, Ottawa and Montreal. So those, those wins don't count to me, uh, unfortunately, and that's coming from a Montreal Canadiens fan. As far as Philadelphia goes, the funny thing about them – is that I said to you guys early in the season that they're top heavy, and then they they started to prove me wrong, and now they're proving me right again. You know what I mean? Like it's like if those top guys aren't doing the scoring, who the hell else is doing it? So uh, we'll get into picks for today and kind of find out what's going on. But uh, I'll tell you, I think Vancouver is more the team that I'm looking to to bet on after the change. Yeah, one thing I got to make a, a rare full retraction of my statement from earlier because I didn't realize that Michelle Terrian also got fired which means that it's Mike Yo as the interim yeah, head sure. coach. Your favorite yeah, so, coach in the world. So, yeah. so all that all that shit I just said about value on Philly, yeah, that's out the window. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a, a bad situation because they aren't getting offense, as Andrew just mentioned. And, yeah, this is not the guy to just start sparking offense out of nowhere. So they're in trouble. Well, speaking of drugs earlier, it's just say no to drugs. For Alex, it's just say no to Yo. Uh, that's the <laughs> Exactly, you, uh, yeah. last <laughs> several years. Uh, not a fan. Uh, of Mike Yo, of course, he's been with the Wild, with the Blues. I mean, there's a couple of different spots now, an assistant. And look, uh, yeah, I, I, they they, have, they they haven't really mentioned or talked about a head coaching search. So to me, Alex, that sounds like with the Flyers, Mike Yo is going to be the interim guy, and he's going to be given some time to show what he can mm-hmm. do. Uh, and maybe, you know, help resuscitate a turnaround. <laughs> Just, I mean, yeah, we so probably looking at team total unders for them going forward because he just doesn't generate all. He had one of the, though, if you look at those wild teams that he coached, they had a ton of talent. They should have made it much deeper than the first and second round of the playoffs. But the offense dried up and there was just literally nothing he could do about it. So I'll tell you what, like I wish said, Jimmy was here for a day like this. He'd be funny today. I feel, I feel like he'd give us some funny stuff. Yeah. About, he, he's, he, he's always good for a good quote about, about coaches. Yeah, it's true. Right. Fletcher likes you. Oh, it's true. I mean, going yeah. back to some, something about him with Chuck Fletcher resonates. I don't know what it is. Well, I think GM, GMs and coaches, they have that rapport with one yeah. another where where we and we've seen this throughout history. I got knows with the Hawks, how, you know, back in the day, they just kind of recycled the same group of people because they had the same GMs go back and forth. And, and so, you know, guys get used to that, you know, how they want to build a team. And how they want it managed. So, you know, I think we we don't we overlook sometimes how important the GM role is in hockey every now and then. And yeah. it really comes up more when we start talking about coaching because they control what the coaches do. They set the tone for what kind of of, of team they want to build, obviously. And uh, so that's going to be interesting to see. Like I said, I, I and if you know the offense drying up in the Eastern Conference maybe is 
not as detrimental as in the Western Conference. But hell, even looking at that Metropolitan Division, you got teams that can score at will. You got teams, you know, you're going to be playing Boston's, you're going to be playing uh, the Rangers. You're going to have to get goals. And, and we already know the goaltending issue that they have with Martin Jones and, and Carter Hart, not exactly, you know, uh, stone walls in, in the net every night. So, what's your guys' take on, on the carousel of, of goal of coaches, though? More than any other league in, in professional sports, it's just the same yeah. coaches getting recycled. Look at the Habs. How many times has Terry been around the bench or, or Julian? They've like both coached the Habs twice. And, you know, you look at uh, Michelle Terry, he's been around. So many different guys just get passed around, passed around. And then guys like Sheldon Key for the Leafs, they get flack for losing the, uh, the first round twice, but he's actually yeah. been great for them. How often do we even see new young coaches move up? I just yeah. saw a tweet earlier that said that the all of the coaches for minus certain interim coaches, but all of the like long term head coaches for Montreal going back to like ninety seven are all now without, currently without a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, it's yeah, just weird to me. I, I just find it weird that like no, you see it a lot more in M- in NBA or at least guys will work their way up. Like look at the like Luke Walton. Like he t- he he ended up getting that spot. You know, so I don't know. It's, it's definitely, it seems like it's certainly in Mikey O's case, the Flyers are kind of recycling, you know, a coach that's been around the block. And Bruce Boudreaux, you know, I like him in a regular season, but the playoffs have been an issue for him. That's always been the the, the problem for Bruce in the past is the lack of playoff success, lack of series victories in the postseason. You know, that has been just a consistent issue for him. But, you know, Vancouver seeing a steadying force. One thing about Boudreaux teams, though, you do get the uptick. You do get the bump for the team usually when he first takes over. It's happened everywhere pretty much he's been. When he took over Washington, you know, many years ago, his first head coaching job, they got better immediately. Same thing with uh, Anaheim when he was there. They got better immediately. Minnesota, same thing. When he took over, they had that improvement initially. But there's going to come to that point now where if you do eventually, you know, get Vancouver to be better if you're Bruce Boudreaux, you know, you've got to eventually – and you get him to the playoffs <laughs> – what are you going to do then for a guy that's definitely been devoid of playoff success uh, as an NHL head coach? So that's the question with Bruce Boudreaux, unfortunately. Do you think Boudreaux would have been a better fit for Philly? The same thing there. They want playoff wins yeah. and playoff yeah. series. That's but I mean, I mean, I mean, just to even try to get to the playoffs in the regular season, because we know Boudreaux is a great regular season coach. It's just that when you know the calendar turns to April, he just kind of forgets how to do things. Yeah, and uh, there's a couple of Washington teams. He had a couple of seven-game series losses. I mean, uh, the tough, tough breaks, competitive series could have went either way. They fell short. But, yeah, I think I think he fits well for both of them because both of them are looking to turn around a ship where Philly thinks they, they're – I don't know if I agree with this, but Philly thinks they're better than their record currently indicates. Vancouver thinks they're better than yeah. their record currently indicates. And when you have a situation like that, turning to a head coach that's got the ability to turn a team around in the short term right away, you know, we've seen Boudreaux do that. We've seen, obviously, Daryl Sutter's done that, you know, in the last couple stops for him, L.A. and Calgary. Uh, there's just coaches that have that record of calming the waters, getting the most out of players right away, and all of a sudden seeing a bump and an uptick in the performance initially. But so I, I don't mind the, the choice of Bruce for either of these teams. And obviously Vancouver is the one that made it. The other thing I would say too, with Vancouver, because they're a younger team, I feel like they could have probably benefited more from a younger coach, giving them a kick in the pants rather than an older coach kind of tempering expectations and then building things. Because like I said, we saw Boudreaux, he's, he's dealt with superstar guys before, you know, and you wonder, you know, a guy like Elias Pettersson, somebody needs to just kind of shake the shit out of him and say, wake up. 
You know, this guy's got a ton of talent. And he's not not delivering right now. So that's something that, you know, can Boudreaux can be that guy, of course. But my thing is, I'm saying would a younger coach probably have resonated a little bit better in that locker room. So maybe that's something they'll look at towards the future. Yeah, well, the argument to that is, didn't they just try that with Travis Green? And uh, yeah, 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 and they, unfortunately, they got lost. Kind of. Yeah, they ended up, you know, just uh, petering out here. And look, initial year or two for Green. Remember that great playoff year they had uh, just a couple of years ago. And then last year, COVID nineteen was a big problem for the Canucks. They had a lot of injuries. This year, it's not so much that it's an underachieving team, and that's why uh, even after last year, they said we deserve to give. Uh, we need to give Travis Green the benefit of the doubt. and But now, you know, mostly everybody's healthy now. And it's just an underperforming team. And you mentioned Elias Pettersson for sure. I mean, it's to the point for him to have four goals and eight assists, you know, at this point of the season in 25 games. It's not good enough for a player of his caliber. Uh, and we'll see if Bruce Boudreaux can rattle some better play out of a player that the Canucks are counting upon, certainly offensively uh, moving forward. And uh, it'll be interesting because both of these teams are in action tonight. So uh, with that in mind, We'll go to the uh, Monday card and start breaking these games down. We'll start with the Anaheim Ducks taking on the Washington Capitals. We've got Washington minus 210, home favorites, five and a half, six the total. I don't have anything super strong in this game from a betting standpoint, opinion-wise. I, I was looking at Anaheim potentially as a big dog in this spot because, look, they are playing some really good hockey. They're finding ways to win. Uh, you know, their last three, they've won three of their last five. The losses were to Toronto and Calgary, two very good teams. Uh, they've been in the majority of their games recently, uh, but I'm worried about the injury situation for the Ducks. They're going to be without two-thirds of their top line uh, tonight. Ryan Getzlaff's out. Adam Henrique is out, so there's some line juggling going on for Dallas Akins. We're looking at Sonny Milano, Trevor Zegras, and Ricard Raquel as your top line tonight. Now, to uh, Sonny Milano's credit, though, uh, he did score one of the goals on that top line against Calgary, so we give him credit for that. Uh, maybe someone you look at from a goal scoring prop standpoint, but still a couple of key injuries. I just think it's a little overpriced on Washington and given the way Anaheim's played. But the concern for me with Anaheim here is Washington lost to Anaheim earlier this season uh, on the West Coast. So a little bit of a revenge situation. And Washington was not very pleased with their defensive play in the Chicago game and the Florida game prior to Saturday. And unfortunately, I was victimized losing the over. I just said Washington's defense, not good, but they really focused on that, and they pretty much shut down Columbus uh, in that game. Columbus didn't even get to 20 shots on goal Saturday night in that game against the Capitals. So it was definitely one of the better defensive efforts from Washington in the in a while, and you might see that carry over here. So it's a lean to Anaheim, but it's probably going to end up being a pass for me this game. Alex, any thoughts, Ducks and Capitals? Yeah, this is a pass for me because this is going to be, I feel like, a pissed-off Washington team. You look at, the, you know, how the, you know, even though they got that win, against Columbus, but the way that they played against Chicago, that uh, you know that game was just just bizarre. That whole road trip was bizarre for for the Hawks. I didn't even get to talk about what happened last night with the Hawks Islanders. But that's a whole other thing. Uh, the the fact of this is that Anaheim. Okay, we we finally adjusted to where Anaheim. You know, they're a good team. They're not the worst team in the Pacific anymore. They're a okay team. They can play good at times. They have good offense. They can get some great goaltending at times, too, from not only Gibson, but I mentioned about how Anthony Stolarz has really stepped up in that number two role. But they're going to run into some buzzsaws here, and I think this is definitely that spot where Washington, where they're not happy with how they played in the last three or four games, being at home. Like I said, it's a bit overpriced, so you can't lay anything with it, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Washington you know, kind of puts the screws to them a little bit. Maybe look at the team total over with the Capitals. 
All right, good stuff there. Uh, so maybe a lean to the to Capitals team toll, but you're right, not a strong opinion from Alex either on this game. Uh, Andrew has stepped out for a second. We'll get back to him in the second when he returns. We'll definitely get his thoughts here uh, on this uh, Anaheim-Washington game. Uh, we'll move to Colorado and Philadelphia. We've got uh, Colorado minus 200 uh, road favorites in this game. The total six, six and a half across the board. Yeah, I already played over six here uh, in this game, minus 120. Uh, Mike Yo, who's the interim coach, uh, and we just talked about it, first game with Alain Vigneault after the firing of Alain Vigneault and his assistant, Michelle Therrien. Already Mike Yo says we need to inject some pace in our game, you know, right away. That's one of the first thoughts from him. So, well, they need something. How, how about just scoring? How about some finish? Never mind pace. Pace doesn't mean you score goals. Pace just means exactly. you try to play fast and move the puck fast. At the end of the day, you got to put a goddamn puck in the net. And that's been the issue for the Philadelphia Flyers during this losing streak. Really, it's all elements of their game that have not been all that strong uh, during this losing streak that has now reached eight straight games. You know, their offense has been dormant. That goes without saying. I mean, look at this, Alex. The last seven games for Philly, two, zero, one, three, two, one, one. Those are the goals they've scored. There's been no offense to speak of for the Flyers. So I get it. Mike Yo is saying we got to play a little faster, move the puck quicker, play with pace. That's all fine and dandy, but finish with a capital F. You know, you need some of that. Uh, pace isn't going to help you unless you just bear down on your chances and find a way to score. You know, whatever it is, maybe uh, an extra f- a head fake, you know, fake a, fake a shot, make it look like you're going to pass, then shoot the puck. Maybe you're going to catch the goalie going the wrong way. It's those little things that help you finish chances uh, when you're not scoring. And what is, what is that, you might ask? It's high-level skill and intellect and talent and ability. And the Flyers have a couple of guys like that, but they don't have a ton of depth in that regard. And I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing this team struggle to score. The offense is an issue. You could say the defense is an issue. They've had some good defensive performances, but not lately. Six to Carolina, five to New Jersey, four to the Rangers, an onslaught of seven for the Tampa Bay Lightning last night, the goaltending Hart and now Jones tonight. Martin Jones will be in that. It's been up and down. Uh, Ivan Provorov's game has gone in the freaking toilet. Uh, just an absolutely brutal uh, season so far for him. He expected a lot more uh, from him as the pillar of that blue line for the Philadelphia Flyers. And it's definitely not been good for him. Ristolainen is undisciplined, takes too many penalties for my liking. Keith Yandel's a liability at times defensively. Nick Sealer, kind of the same thing. Braun, I kind of like, uh, but he's not going to give you a lot at the other end. And Sandheim, too, you know, solid defenseman, no, nothing spectacular. So the blue line has a ton of problems right now, and they're not scoring, and you can't trust their goaltending one night to the next. So all kinds of issues for the Flyers. But we know this is the spot where usually the team that just fired the coach responds. So for me, it would be only a Philly bet. And it's not like I'm rushing to lay minus 200 with Colorado and their young goalie, Eustace Anunen, uh, who's going to be in net here for this game tonight. Now, I think they had to put him in because it was a shit show in two of the three games on this trip for Johansson uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. Got lit up by Toronto, got lit up by Ottawa uh, on Saturday night. Um, We'll see how he fares. He had good AHL numbers, but now he's a starting goalie at the NHL level. How does he fare? I'm still not going to believe for a minute that he's going to shut the door completely on the Flyers, even though Philly's had trouble scoring goals. I think Colorado will get theirs against Jones and this Flyer team. So I definitely am on the over. I lean to Philly just because of the new coach angle, but I think Andrew was right about one thing. You probably have a little more faith in the other team that just fired their coach than this Philly team right now. And let's be honest, Philly's playing a much tougher team tonight compared to Vancouver. So that's another thing you want to factor in. So lean Philly, 
Don't know if I'll bet it. Maybe just a couple bucks if I do, but did bet over the total here. Alex, what do you think? Colorado, Philly. So they're going to try and run pace against one of the faster teams in the NHL. Have fun with that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I'll be on Colorado first period uh, puck line plus $1.40. I've already played that. Uh, you missed, I would say you missed the boat with the over because it went to six and a half, but really you haven't because Annan granted, like I, I didn't get to mention it on the last show when he first started, but his numbers are good in the AHL. I think we did kind of briefly talk, touch on that before I left, but his numbers were good in the AHL. He could actually end up having a, a a decent time, or he could end up having a rough night because of the Philly, you know, like I said, the momentum of, of having the new coach. And they're just riding on that momentum, not necessarily that, you know, Yo's going to just change everything and, and all of a sudden, you know, the pieces fall in place. So you can't look at a side. Like I said, I'm looking at, at, at just the, the position of Colorado first period puck line. I could see them having the lead. It might be 2 1 instead of 1 0 or 2 0. Uh, but, but ultimately, I could definitely see where, uh, you know, this would definitely be a spot where Colorado gets the win here. So there's no value unless something bizarre happens. They give up a couple of goals. Maybe you can look for them, you know, to score coming back because we can't rely on Martin Jones either. You know, what's the split between Martin Jones and, and Annan? And it's, you know, probably 20 cents. That's how bad Jones is. So uh, I'll go with the puck line in the first period with the Avs. All right, first period puck line with uh, Colorado for Alex uh, in this game. All right, I believe we have Andrew back with us. Uh, yeah, there he is. I heard that laugh. He's back. All right, Andrew, the th- thoughts from you on the first two games, Anaheim, Washington, and this one, Colorado, Philly. Uh, first one, I'm looking towards Washington in regulation. I, I just like the spot for them. I like it. You know, they've our team. I like to usually look at them off, you know, bouncing back after not playing the best. I don't think they've played their best hockey over the past couple of games, but um anaheim's got to get them credit you know uh, i remember saying to you both of you guys prior to the season or during the first week of the season i remember actually saying to you ian oh man i should just take the under in every anaheim game <laughs> and then they turned into an over team at five and a half they presented great value with overs so um regulation for washington but also a lean towards the over but i'll tell you it's uh you know it's like a big contrarian play to look towards the under in that Philadelphia and Colorado game. And I definitely wouldn't be going on that contrarian play. I'll go with the over in this game. I'd even look towards the over in the first period, minus 140. I bet that myself. And the funny thing is we always talk about odds and value and trying to get the best of the price. But, you know, I'd, I'd say that there's a reason why that first period over is minus 140. And, and there's a reason why it's that high. We look at the two goaltenders that are in there. And the pace both teams play in, and take into effect that, you know, coaching change, all that gets me to the over. But I like the over in the first period even better. All right. First period over. For I would say if, if your book offers it, look for both teams to score in the first period. You'll probably even get a plus price with that potentially. So could be one of those games where you see that because Colorado is usually good to strike quickly. And Philadelphia, you'd think first period come out like gangbusters uh, with Yo, the interim coach behind the bench. Uh, that's that could I like that I'm I'm gonna probably bet that that first period both teams to score uh, in this Avalanche and Flyers game definitely. And Alex is right about the six and a half. Well, yeah. if you like the over six, and you even like it more than just a little bit, we always take at the best number. But you know what I mean? Like the six seven and a half is still a win number. Though. Yeah, seven is still a win number. So it's exactly. still to me a okay bet. Yeah. Yeah, I it's like that. it's like if you if you like you know what I mean like I I'll be honest I like the over six and seeing the six and a half made me just like I didn't get it in yet by that time so 
I like the over one and a half first period better than the six and a half. But realistically, like you said, the win number was seven anyway. So unless you're betting games on hoping you're going to get a push, then it's still the same win number. Exactly. And yes, Nas Kadri and uh, uh, Kale McCarr are both back. They didn't play against Ottawa. Part of the reason why they suffered that upset loss, along with the bad goaltending from Johansson. But uh, they were without two key cogs there, Kadri and McCarr, Saturday night. They'll both be in the lineup tonight for uh, the Avalanche uh, in this one. Uh, Arizona-Dallas. We've got uh, Dallas minus 330, home favorites, five and a half the total in this one. Uh, I don't know if I want to trust Arizona to score for me necessarily in this game we're talking about a team that scored two goals or less in four straight games but i think i can trust dallas and dallas playing this great hockey seven and two uh, in their last nine games you know this is one of those spots where you know minus 330 i don't want to lay that i don't even want the puck line with dallas which you still got to lay a decent price with that uh, minus 120 for dallas minus one and a half goals but i do think you'll see them be able to score we've seen that consistently from dallas during this seven and two stretch where they've scored uh, three goals or more, you know, in the majority of these games lately. Uh, 3-2 over Columbus, 4-1 against Carolina, 3-1 against Colorado, 4-1 against Edmonton, 4-1 against St. Louis, 5-2 against Detroit, 5-2 win over Philly. You know, the total's three and a half here, the team total uh, in this one uh, between the uh, Stars and the uh, Coyotes. And that's what I'm going to look at here is the team total over three and a half for Dallas, minus 110. I've bet this a couple of times and won a couple of times with it already. I'm going to come back to the well because I think they can get to four here. And I don't want to put myself in a spot where I got to be on over five and a half and worry about what Arizona does offensively against Braden Holtby uh, in net, who, by the way, uh, has been absolutely terrific in the last two games that he started. So give Holtby credit. The veteran is playing some really stellar goaltending right now for the Stars. And that's why I don't necessarily... Uh, know for sure if Arizona can contribute to the scoreboard as much as Dallas here. So stars team total uh, over three and a half minus one ten for me. Alex, what do you think here? Coyote stars. Yeah, I'm t- t- tired of getting snake bit by the over five and a half of these Dallas games. It seems like every time that you know they got an empty net chance it was three two, they miss it. There's a back and forth, and and we end up losing that. So I'm gonna go with the first period over here uh, minus one you know minus a dollar ten at one and a half. I think like you said. You don't have to rely on Arizona to get a goal, but Dallas should be able to get two early uh, the way that they've been scoring right now. And, and Arizona is seven and three to the first period over. So they've given up goals early, uh, which wasn't the case at the beginning of the year. Beginning of the year, they're actually hanging tough in the first 20 minutes and they're getting blown out in the last 40. So, uh, you know, we're starting to see that instability creep throughout the lineup here with Arizona. Obviously, there's no value whatsoever in the money line or the regulation for Dallas, but they should be able to take care of business here. So I like the first period over and you can probably even look maybe Dallas, you know, first period puck line, because if you think it's just going to be all Dallas, I think Arizona could get a goal in there, but uh, so I don't, I don't want to, you know, get too you know cocky and all of a sudden have a one, one, I'm take play it safe as far as my first period over. But if you think it's going to be just Dallas, you know, uh, cruising for most of the way, you could probably look at that first period puck line as well. Three of their home wins on this win streak have been four, one, Final scores. If you have a book that has a correct score prop, I don't usually bet many of these, but at Dallas four, Arizona one, that really looks like something I'd be interested in tonight. Yeah. They've won a bunch of these games four one at home. It kind of feels like that's a plausible final score for this game tonight. So maybe it's something to sprinkle on doubt. Correct score, exact score, four one Dallas. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here? Coyotes and Stars. Just give me the under here, guys. Uh, I, I've been. I think I've had a pretty good read on some of these Arizona totals and. Let's be honest, a lot of their total leans, uh, the plays you make as far as their totals have to do with the other team scoring. 
I, I see a lower scoring Dallas win. I'm looking at maybe like a three one Dallas uh, tonight. Potentially even, you know, two nothing. I see a real boring game between these two teams tonight. All right. Next up, LA Kings, Vancouver Canucks, Vancouver minus one thirty-five home favorites, five and a half the total. And yes, I am on minus one thirty-five here with Vancouver. It's the first game, obviously, a coaching change. Uh, we know that's often a bet on spot. And I think it is here in this situation, because it's not only a bet on Vancouver. You think sky high for this game with the coaching change for uh, that first game with the new boss, Bruce Boudreau behind the bench. And of course, not to mention the GM and the management team, a lot of them getting canned. It's a, it's a wake up call to everybody with this Vancouver team that look, uh, it's time to step to attention here uh, and show something not to mention the bet on spot that it is for Vancouver, but it's also kind of a bet against spot for LA. They're off the upset win uh, against Edmonton last night, five to one, very impressive, but can they bounce? Can they, you know, bring that same concerted performance and effort to the ice tonight, back to back on the road? Uh, I question that uh, immensely whether they can. They're zero and five against Vancouver in the last five meetings, including one and four in the last five trips uh, to Vancouver. What I actually am going to do here in this game is I'm going to do a split bet. I'm on Vancouver minus one thirty-five. I'm going to do the puck line in the first period. Uh, with Vancouver as well. Uh, minus a half goal, you'll get a plus price with that. Again, the LA team playing in Edmonton last night uh, and the Canucks, you would think some urgency right from the opening puck drop tonight with the first game after the firing of Travis Green. You can get plus 165 to plus 170 here with Vancouver minus a half goal uh, in the first period. I'm going to rock with that as well in this Kings Canucks game, Alex, LA Vancouver. Yeah. This screams to me like a, a in-game wager type of a contest. Basically. I want to see, you know, exactly where the, the this motivation is, is coming from uh, as far as Vancouver. Is it going to be the offense? We're finally waking up. Is the defense going to, you know, tighten up a bit looking just at the, the blind numbers. You got Vancouver a team that's one, nine and one uh, in their 11 home games. That's trending to the under two, six and one for LA on the road. So, if the offense doesn't wake up right away or maybe they get a quick goal, you could probably look to, you know, maybe chip in and grab a live under. Uh, it, like I said, if, 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 you know, LA gets on the board early, maybe look for Vancouver next to score. So this is definitely one. I'll have some things circled to watch for in game, but I'm not going to play anything before that. And by the way, it's worth noting off their last two victories, LA lost the next game. They beat Ottawa two nothing. They lost to Winnipeg. Uh, they beat, uh, Ottawa again, uh, 4-2. That's the only two victories for LA in the last 10 games were Ottawa. And then after the 4-2 win against Ottawa, they lost to Anaheim in a shootout the next night. And I think Alex and I were on the Ducks uh, in that game. I remember it. It was a wild one. So they've not been good following up a win lately with another one, the Kings either. Uh, Andrew, uh, what do you think here, Kings-Canucks? Yeah, and the Kings also haven't been good in back-to-backs dating back to last year. Uh, it's something to look for as well. So I'm happy that they're off a win. I'm happy hopefully they're feeling... Uh, an old-fashioned handicapping term, fat and sassy coming into this one. I mean, I doubt you really can be, uh, you know, coming in against the Vancouver Canucks team. You'd think it'd be, you know, a winnable game, one you want to get up for and stuff. But, you know, you, you beat a good team like they did last night. You're playing the second half of back-to-back. Obviously, it's a pretty classic handicapping, uh, especially in hockey, looking towards the betting on a team after their coach gets fired. But like I said, I'm, I'm not looking at it uh, for Philadelphia. I'm looking at it for this Vancouver team because I feel like they just can play a lot better than what they've done. And they have shown some bright spots, guys, as much as I have, I've crapped on them over the past week, week and a half. They have shown some bright spots. Um, and, and as long as they can, you know, get a better PK and just try and, you know, find some positive momentum somewhere on the ice, 
I just feel like they have the talent that can do it. And with all the distractions that were going on, maybe this is an opportunity to catch a Kings team coming in feeling a little bit confident. If this was, you know, another team a little more competitive, like if let's say they're playing like Calgary tonight, I, I'm not betting this, but I'm taking an LA, you know, Kings team off a win like that. I'll go ahead and, and uh, back to team. And you guys can probably hear my dog playing with his toys. Oh yeah. Uh, but sorry, it's a little distracting, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I think it's a good spot. I've, I've been waiting for this spot for, for green to get fired. Yeah. I mean, we knew it was, if it kept on going like it was for Vancouver and obviously it did, you knew the ax was going to fall at some point for Travis green. And it obviously did uh, on Sunday. I saw uh, you crack oh. that smiley and I knew you, I, I knew you could hear it. <laughs> oh yeah, I could. That's all. Right. And that's why uh, you can't see if you're watching on YouTube, Andrew's just uh, audio only right now. He's, he's got, he's got a dog now. He's got to be a, a dad to his pup. So, you know, that's the way you, uh, you got to take care of your dog. Uh, that's for sure. All right. DraftKings, let's mention them before we get to our last two games. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and NHL. You'll be a winner with one single point scored in any NFL game. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state. You can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right, Pittsburgh, Seattle. Even money here, both sides. Six the total, uh, shaded to the under uh, in this one. couple books have five and a half, so make sure you shop around for this. Pittsburgh uh, returning home after this game, the end of a, a road trip for them. Actually, they do. Actually, it's not totally the end of the road trip, but there's a little break. It's the end of the West Coast part of their road trip. Uh, they've played obviously Calgary, Edmonton uh, and Pitt and uh, Vancouver, the last three out West Seattle tonight. And then they're off until the end of the week. Uh, and they play in Washington uh, against the uh, Capitals. So always a good rivalry that's on Friday night. So it's not exactly the best spot in the world for Pittsburgh, but there's a big difference between one and three and two and two, you know, on this four game road trip. And that's what's at stake here for Pittsburgh. They win, and all of a sudden, 500 road trip, no harm, no foul, two and two. They lose, and all of a sudden, they're one and three on this road trip. Let's give Seattle credit, though. A nice win against Edmonton on Friday night, four to three uh, over the Edmonton Oilers. Got to admit, though, Stuart Skinner wasn't exactly a great game from him in net for the Oilers that night. Uh, Led in a couple goals that I think he would want back. But nevertheless, Seattle's offense, which, uh, you know, they've gone through some ups and downs. They're on the uh, plus side of things offensively. Uh, they're scoring and producing right now, uh, this Seattle team. They've scored a grand total uh, of 19 goals uh, in their last uh, four uh, hockey games, 18 goals, rather, uh, in their last four games. So averaging over four goals per game uh, in this one. I kind of want to ride Seattle over the total here one more time, especially now that I see a couple books that have a five and a half posted uh, as far as the total. It's six in some other spots as well. 
Uh, it looks like in terms of goaltending uh, tonight, it's going to be Grubauer. And the one thing that I'm thinking of for Pittsburgh is that we might see a Casey DeSmith start sighting in net. Uh, last I checked, it wasn't confirmed. Let me see if I can get it up. Oh, it is confirmed now. There you go. Casey DeSmith in net. And look, Casey DeSmith's not been, not been great for Pittsburgh in recent starts. In fact, his numbers this year, it's just his fifth appearance. He's 0-3-1 with a 4.32 goals against average and an 867 save percentage. I think that's going to seal the deal for me, guys. Give me the over here. Even at six, I, I like it. But five and a half, I'll, I'll go in with over the total at that number especially. But even at six, I will recommend it. Penguins and Kraken over the total. Those are some ghastly numbers for Casey DeSmith this year. It's hard, hard, to, hard to fathom that Tristan Jari, we really, really think that's our far superior option in net. But Jari has played well, and uh, you know, and DeSmith definitely has not. So uh, we're going to go over the total with Pittsburgh-Seattle. Uh, Alex, what do you like here? Yeah, no, you mentioned that. I'm looking at the board now, like I said, seeing a, a couple of five-and-a-halfs floating. So I would definitely look at that. And like I said, it's interesting, you know, a year ago, Pittsburgh fans were, you know, wanting Casey DeSmith in that because Tristan Darius is so bad. Now things have flip-flopped. Sometimes that's just the way it goes. These are two, these are two inconsistent goalies. Let's let, let's be honest here. And and of course we've talked about ad nauseum the the advanced analytics uh, with with the Seattle team. That that's really what's been kind of bringing them down. It's not so much that they don't have any offense or the you know, the blue lines, you know, had some decent games. It's just their goaltending just hasn't really found its footing. Uh, for whatever reason. So the only thing I would look at would, would be the over, maybe even take a shot with the first period over here, minus a dollar 25. I wouldn't lay anything past a dollar 30. Could be one of those spots where you want to wait a few minutes and, and jump in in game and get an even better price. Probably get something near the plus range, but uh, I can definitely see some early scoring here from these two. Yeah. And what's impressive about Seattle's win against Edmonton four three, they scored four goals against a really good Edmonton team and they did it without Schwartz and Eberle. Uh, Jaden Schwartz and Jordan Everly have been out for the last couple games, two of their best offensive forwards, but they got production from Yanni Gord, Alex Wenberg. Alex Wenberg is a guy to keep an eye on for Seattle. He's had all the talent in the world, all the ability, you know, didn't pan out with Columbus, mediocre with Florida. This is third team now uh, that he's with. And maybe he can get on a little bit of a, a run here because he's a talented forward, Alex Wenberg, and he scored one of the goals against Edmonton. Uh, on Friday night, but I was impressed. They scored four goals without Schwartz and Eberly, who have been two of their better producers offensively this year uh, in that win on Friday night. Uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts here? Pittsburgh, Seattle. I'll keep it short and sweet. I, I just, I like the short price here on Pittsburgh. I know they've been a little bit of a trip here, but uh, you know, Seattle's got some impressive wins. They've, they've gotten it together. I, I can't argue that by any means, but um, I think Pittsburgh continues to show people the defensive team they are. Every forward seems to buy into their system. Uh, they are not Florida defensively. They are not Edmonton defensively. They are a better defensive team. And, you know, with Gensel getting a hat trick, it seems like every star player on that team is firing right now. And I feel like we're getting a good price. So give me Pittsburgh on the money line here. All right. And you are getting a devalued price. The money's come in on Seattle. And I can tell you, that's a direct reflection of the end of the West Coast trip for Pittsburgh and, and Smith being in net. Yeah, so and Smith. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's that's giving you some negative sentiment toward Pittsburgh for the betting markets, but uh, definitely still, uh, you're right. It's still a pretty cheap number. On we know Pittsburgh's the better of these two teams, but we will give Seattle credit for uh, a better performance lately. Again, they've always played tough at home. We'll see if that continues tonight. And uh, great, by the way, the other night, and I love hearing it when he says it on the Seattle broadcast or any broadcast that he does. John Forslund, that's hockey, baby. I love that. And you know what it is? He always uses it for a great play, a great goal, a big save, a great passing play, whatever. 
And it's almost like an ode to what makes the sport great plays and skill and things you see in hockey that you can't see anywhere else. And uh, that's just one of the great lines that any play by play man has in the sport. In my opinion, that's hockey baby from John Forsland. It reminds me of a Dick Vitale. Yeah. (laughs) Except without the raspy voice. Yeah. 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 That's I the, like when they say, the, if you don't like that, you don't like basketball. Same thing with hockey. That's hockey, baby. Yeah, exactly. No, I love that line from Forsland uh, uh, and uh, whenever he uh, uses it during a game. All right, final game here, Ottawa, New Jersey. We got New Jersey minus 180 uh, home favorites here, six, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Look, Ottawa all of a sudden, right? It's like, you know, you know that gif? Everybody uses it on Twitter. I use it. Uh, the, the the casket opening and Undertaker rises from it, you know, and that's Ottawa now uh, these last uh, couple games all of a sudden with Carolina beating the Hurricane and beating good teams, right? Carolina and Colorado, that's not too shabby <laughs> for back-to-back wins for this uh, Ottawa Senators team. Now, can they keep it rolling here uh, against Jersey uh, is the question. Man, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dabble in the big price here in Ottawa. Uh, look, Ottawa, I know, has their issues. There's no question about that. But, you know, DJ Smith kind of said we're going to find out what kind of men these are after the Vancouver loss. Remember, that defense was abysmal in that game. It was embarrassing. JT Miller goes through the entire five-man group on the ice like a hot knife through butter to score one of those goals the other night. Uh, it was definitely a, a horrible effort. Not just bad defense. That's been a problem at times for Ottawa, but the effort was bad. And that's what DJ Smith didn't like. And that's what he called the team out for after that game. And suddenly they've won back-to-back against good competition against Carolina and Colorado. We'll see if they can keep it going here against New Jersey, who, you know, it's not it's not difficult for me to want to go against New Jersey when they're a minus-180 favorite like this. Like, what's New Jersey doing right now to validate being a minus-180 favorite? They're 2-8. and eight. In their last 10 games, they've just dropped three in a row against San Jose, Minnesota, and Winnipeg. Uh, they've not played great hockey. Their only two wins were a, a in shambles Philadelphia team. And then Tampa Bay, and I think a spot where Tampa Bay got comfortable with a 3-1 to one lead and blew it in the third period. You know, those are the two wins for New Jersey lately. So the draw, as Stan says in our chat, I could see it. I think it's a close game. Uh, certainly, I think Ottawa could be live here as well. Now, you always have to factor in this is still a team that can give up goals that their goaltending is still very shoddy with Gustafson and Forsberg uh, in between the pipes, but they've finally scored some goals the last couple of games, Ottawa as well, and that could be enough. So the over also could get there in this game, in my opinion. I would definitely go with the over as well, over six, minus 120. But at this price, I'm going to at least place a couple bucks on Ottawa. I just think New Jersey, I'm going to dare them in this price range to beat me. I'm not sure they can. Alex, what do you think here? Senators, Devils. Yeah, this screams draw, but not in the usual fashion of like a 2-2 kind of thing. This could be a 4-4 game going to the draw. So I like that over six here as well. Uh, so there's no reason that New Jersey should be laying anywhere, you know, north of 160. You're talking about 180, almost $2. That's insane. When you talk about this team, the way they've been getting lit up defensively, uh, gave up eight goals in that bizarre game against New Jersey, gave up five against Minnesota, gave up five in the game before that. So, uh, this could be a draw. I'll play that at plus 360. That's a, a great price because I just don't still don't trust Ottawa. Okay, back-to-back wins. They're getting things done, you know, slowly but surely. But this definitely feels like it could be a, tr- a track meet and, and whoever has the puck on their stick last uh, ends up winning the game. So I'll go draw plus 360. 
and not great things from uh, Mackenzie Blackwood uh, as of late. No question. Someone mentioning that in our chat. It's true. I mean, for uh, Bernier and for Blackwood, they both kind of struggled. The play in front of them hasn't been great either. But even from a Mackenzie Blackwood standpoint, you know, he's given up six, three, six, three goals or more in four straight starts for Mackenzie Blackwood. And we know he's a goalie that can be capable of better, but not seeing it uh, as of late. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here with Ottawa and New Jersey? I'm just going to keep keep taking overs uh, with this Ottawa Senators team. I'll keep doing it uh, seven days a week and twice on Sunday if they're playing. You know, um, Whether or not it's a big play or a small play for me, they're scoring but also getting scored on. So, And you mentioned it with the other way, uh, the other team. I'm looking at uh, overs from them as well. Sloppiness, uh, one of the top or bottom five teams as far as uh, goals given, given up a game. So uh, this one seems to me like another over for an Ottawa game. Yeah, I mean, it almost seems like it's too simplest. It's too simplistic to recommend and bet the over here. But my goodness, I mean, the numbers don't lie. Six and three to the over for Ottawa in their last nine games. Five straight overs for New Jersey uh, coming into this game. I mean, it really just seems simple uh, to bet the over. Hopefully, it's uh, uh, and seven and two to the over in the last nine head-to-head meetings with Ottawa and New Jersey. So uh, makes sense that this should be a game with some goals in bunches between the Senators and Devils. All right, great stuff with Alex and Andrew. Fantastic Monday show to get the week started. We'll wrap it up now with best bets as we always do. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Well, we're going to go with uh, fading Mike Yo and the Flyers. We're probably going to be doing that often nowadays. Uh, we're going to go with the Colorado Avalanche first spirit buck line, uh, laying a half a goal at plus 135. I think that's a plus 140s out there as well. I, he's going to regret, you know, I, maybe he said it and maybe he's going to change his mind by the time they hit the ice, but you do not want to start off uh, trying to play faster pace, faster tempo against this Colorado Avalanche team that could go terribly, especially with Martin Jones in that. So if they do, hey, that helps us out. So let's go with the Avs first period puck line is the best bet tonight. All right, Colorado first period puck line uh, for Alex B. Smith uh, against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, you can get that minus a half plus 140 uh, with that first period puck line tonight. That'll be his best bet for this Monday card. Uh, Andrew, what do you like for best bet? Going with that old fashioned theory. Uh, take a team after their coach gets canned. Vancouver, long overdue for a new coach. Give me the Knucks tonight, minus 135. All right, Vancouver, minus 135 against Los Angeles. Best bet uh, for Andrew McGinnis. Uh, and my best bet, I'm going to go with. Um, I'm going to go with that Ottawa, New Jersey over six. I mean, it's just, to me, it feels like it should get there. Uh, both teams trending over uh, in rapid fashion. Uh, and I think you'll see goals both ways with the uh, Devils in the center. Say what you will about the Devils. They played Minnesota, Winnipeg the last couple games. Now you're playing a very, very much weaker Ottawa defense. So New Jersey should score here. But again, the Devils' own defense and goaltending has been in a bit of shambles lately as well. So goals both ways. Let's go Ottawa, New Jersey over six, minus 120. That will be my best bet for this Monday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. Hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. It helps us out a lot. We appreciate that and your support. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Download the podcast whenever you can't watch the Ice Guys live. For Alex B. Smith and Andrew McGinnis, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.